you may be seated. It's so good to, to see you here. We haven't had the chance to meet. My name is Keith. And I mean, I just want to say something real quick. Um, today at 4.30 over at West Park, we are having picnic in the park. We, we literally have not done anything like this. Probably, I don't know, it's been a long time. I mean, we have different events we do, but we've never done like a picnic at the park. So like it's right off of Lone Star. There's West Park. If you leave our parking lot, turn right, crossover, middle, and it's going to, West Park's going to be there on your right. At 4.30, man, we're, ha- we're providing pulled pork and water and uh, listen, like legit, like there's a guy there, the smoked pulled pork, not like this fake stuff, like whatever, like in a can. We're, tell, we're talking about real, you'll smell it before you taste it. Like that's gonna be amazing, right? And so like I, I texted uh, Megan because she had the list and I'm like, I don't even know. Cause like if just like, if you have your own favorite drink, like bring it, just, you know, like go with Coke. If you're gonna bring soda, go with Coke. I'm a Coke guy, you know, go with Coke. <laughs> None of that Pepsi stuff. But, um, but like if uh, we got like different dishes you can bring, like if, if your last name starts between the letters of A and H, bring a hot dish. All right. Like, I don't like that could be anything, I guess, like popcorn. Um, <laughs> that's be hot. Uh, I threw in, bring a dessert. I'll give you some suggestions if you don't know what to bring. I got some ideas. O through S, bring a salad. T through V. Bring chips. We get that really close because, like, everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to bring some chips. So, like, you know, like 450 bags of chips. Only T through V. W through Z. Bring a veggie tray. I won't touch it, but bring a veggie tray. Well, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. And, and so the reason I'm telling you this, here. Um, it's great to have my wife on the front row. Um, the reason I'm telling you this, guys, it's power, this is a powerful thing when the family comes together to worship. This is powerful that we do here, what we do here. But guys, outside of that, just, man, enjoying each other, getting to know each other is a great thing. We have all kinds of activities for the kids. My man Daniel's in charge of that. We are going to have face painting. They have a dunk tank. I don't know what that's all about. Hope I don't find out what that's about. But um, yeah, I know. Man, the crazy people are here today. Anyway, uh, <laughs> We are going to have a great time. The reason we're doing it is so important that we know each other because it's easy to show up, go to service. You say hi, bye. We never really get to connect. This is a great way to connect. And so life group leaders, while you're there, man, if, if you meet somebody and they're not in a life group, invite them to be part of your life group. There are going to be people wearing t-shirts. They're, they're people that serve here at Grace. If, you see, if you've been wanting to get in the game, you're like, you don't know where to serve. Everybody's going to be wearing, I say everybody, a lot of people are going to be wearing similar t-shirts. And so look for that, look for a t-shirt, look for a t-shirt and it's different colors or different ministries. We just want you to get in the game, guys. This is such a powerful thing that we eat together. Together. We have fun together. We're going to play games together. There's all kinds of stuff we're going to do. So see you at 4.30. It's going to be great. The family God's going to get together. Now, I'm going to transition. Because, you know, I, I, I say it's good that the family gets together. We're actually getting ready to kick off a series. We're getting ready to, right, like right now, uh, called Let's Talk About Family. Now, anytime I, I've preached a family series in the past, there are different people like, you know, I don't know that that really applies to me. I'm not uh, a parent or I'm not married or whatever. So real quick, I got, we got a little audience participation that, because I got to know who I'm working with to find out if this series is relevant. If you're able and if you are part of a family, I want you to stand. <laughs> if you're part of a family, I want you to stand. All right. Awesome. 
This is good. Okay, you may be seated. Okay, so here's the deal. If you're a son, a daughter, a grandson, a granddaughter, a brother, a sister, a parent, a uncle, thank you. <laughs> Listen, man, we're part of family. So my, the, the series, yes, there are gonna be certain elements that I'll, I'll be hitting different elements in different places and talking about different things. But I, I want you to know that as with God's help, as I've been uh, preparing for this series, as our, our preaching team and te teaching team's been meeting, got, man, God knows what I've been thinking about is, is how can this impact all of us? Because I'm convinced that in these days, one of the most powerful witnesses that God is on the move is a godly family. A godly family. And, and, and can I tell you that, that a godly family, a lot of us think that, that it's like the perfect family. How many of you are part of a perfect family? Hey, there was a kid that raised his hand. That I'm like, that is amazing. Dude, I'm gonna tell you. By the way, none of my kids raise their hands. Like, I don't know what's up with that. Okay, so like all of us, we got, we got junk in our family. Okay, I'm not, this is not a series about let's have a perfect family because every family has that one person. Like, yeah, hey, are they gonna be there at Thanksgiving this year? And you're like, yeah, they are. And, and like, like right now, you know who that person is. <laughs> and if you don't know, it's probably you. I'm just telling you, so... <laughs> No, but, but I, I, want us, I want us over the next few weeks to, to, to look at this because what I know is that what is necessary in this crazy, jacked up world that we, lived in, that we live in is, is the need for weird families. Hold on a second, you're like, weird. Okay, like when I say weird families, what do you think of? Odd? Somebody just pointed to somebody else. I'm not gonna say... Uh, this right here, like, like this is, I have this picture saved on my laptop. I don't know this family, don't, they, like they right now, I hope they're not watching online. The, back in the day, part of, part of awkward church culture was called this Olin Mills uh, thing, like where they would bring you in for church directories and stuff. And literally like my, my family has a picture from this era. Like we, it's the worst picture of all time. Like. They literally, the training for Olin Mills was, can you hit the button on the camera? No, I'm teasing. Like, if you're part of that, I'm sorry. But, um, so like, we see this picture and we're like, that's what I, that's, that's weird. No, this is awkward, right? Okay, so like, I'm not talking about, I want you to dress alike and, and grimace at the camera. You can take that picture down. Um, <laughs> no, when I, when I talk about weird, the definition of weird, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but, but weird is if, if you're gonna use this definition, it's something that involves or suggests an encounter with the supernatural. Now here's the thing, when we think of supernatural, like I'm not talking X-Files or anything like that. I'm talking about, I wanna see weird families in the sense that we have been impacted by a supernatural move of God in which he has transformed us and changed us and created sons and daughters, grandsons and granddaughters, parents, aunts and uncles, cousins, whatever the case happens to be, he's transformed us into a living testimony at his ability to do the impossible. And so this morning, I want you to turn in Joshua chapter 24. We're gonna lay out the foundation. I'm gonna read a, a very familiar 
couple of verses perhaps of if you grew up maybe going to Sunday school or whatever and if you're like, well, that's not me, I'm gonna break this down. So don't, just, just chill, you know, it's gonna be good. There's a guy by the name of Joshua that, um, to give you a little context here, he's coming to the end of his life. If you read Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, it talks about a guy by the name of Moses that leads the Israelites who are in captivity in Egypt. He leads them out of, of Egypt. But, for, there's a long story. I'm not going to get into all the, 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 the story. He is unable, God does not allow Moses to lead the Israelites into the promised land. The man that is chosen to lead the Israelites into the promised land is Joshua. Now, I don't know if you're like into... Uh, if you're, if you're into action movies or anything like that, like I really, really enjoy, like everybody has the, the, probably their favorite movie. And so like some of you are like, no, it's not action. But like, I, I love the Bourne Identity series, like the Bourne series. I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, like if you haven't seen them, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but those are like, I really, really like those mov- movies. I think the, clo- man, when I, when I read Joshua 1 through 11, it's like, it's like an action movie, man. It is packed with action. If you're like one of those guys, you're like, Bible's boring, can't get into it, can't understand it. Okay, just read Joshua 1 through 11. It is is just an amazing thing as you see God work. Outside of one glaring example of of, of God's judgment because of some stupidity on the part of of a certain guy in a certain family, um, man, it's just like story after story of we're steamrolling our opponents. It's, it's very opposite of what Boise State did Thursday night. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Sorry, man, I had to do that. Uh, I love Boise State and I cried a lot. But um, the, 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 those chapters are amazing. You go to, you go to uh, Joshua chapter 12 and you take that through 21, 22. Uh, it's, it's talking about how they, man, they, they came in, they, they conquered, and then they, they separated the land and they got different parts of the land and all that. It's, that part's, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's a little dry, but at the same time, if you, if you like to study geography, in fact, we've got a guy coming uh, in Octo- October. He's one of the, f- man, the, the foremost uh, biblical archeologists uh, in Israel. He's gonna be with us sharing about the, t- the geography, the, the archeology span of, of Israel. I can't wait for that. But, um, but th- man, it teaches you a lot of that. But, but finally, we get, to the, we get to Joshua 23, Joshua 24. He's an old man. He's called the Israelites together. And in, in essence, he's talking to a brand new group of people because the people that were brought out of Egypt, they, they didn't go into the promised land. It's their kids and their grandkids. And so as Joshua calls them together, he calls them first of all, because God has a message. And for the first part, if you, if you read the very first part here of, of Joshua chapter 24, it's God speaking through Joshua. And, and, and what God does is God reminds them. He takes them back to what he did, how he brought them out, why they're standing, where they're standing. And then in, he, he, that, goes, that takes us to, to verse 13. We get to verse 14, and, and, and Joshua uh, moves from speaking for God. And Joshua just, he steps out as a leader, and he has a really bold message. And that's where we're going to pick up our reading in verse 14. He says to the people, he knows that he's not going to be long, that there's more to do, but he says, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. If you're an underliner, like if you like to make notes in, 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 your, uh, in, in the Bible, I would underline 
serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. That's, that's really important. In fact, that's going to be a big part of this series. Um, but, but, you know, I, I would look at that. So, in contrast, what, what he's saying, th- this is not faithfulness. He says, put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, that sounds kind of crazy, if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, he, I, just, I underline this too. Choose this day whom you will serve. Make a choice. Figure out, figure out who, who you're going to serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, and that he, he's, when he's talking about this, he's actually talking about on past the, 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 river, uh, the, the river that they crossed into the promised land. This is on the other side of that. Um, some people think that he's even actually going even before Egypt to uh, the false gods. You know, God called his man Abraham out, the, the father of, of, of the Israelites. He called him out. He lived in a, uh, in a polytheistic uh, environment. They served many gods. He said, put, put those gods away. But he also said, put away the gods that you served in Egypt, which I think is interesting. Like when we think of the Israelites being delivered from slavery, we think that they were just really focused on God and that's why God delivered them. No, God chose them. And, and God has said many times, he said, I chose a really stiff-necked people. Like they're, he didn't choose them because they were so good. They needed God to choose, choose them, right? They, they couldn't have done this without him. And, and so like even in Leviticus, it talks about in, in Egypt, they were serving like goat gods and, and crazy jacked up stuff like that. So he said, he said put, those, put those gods away. And then he also says, put away the, the, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But I would underline this next phrase as well because he goes on record with a huge statement. He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and here's what I want to do this morning. Um, I, I always, you guys got to know, I, I want to be very faithful. I, I, I don't like to be unfaithful to the context and try to make something say something else. Like something in the Old Testament, try to cross, cross it over and, and just use it as a launch pad. No, I, I, I don't want to do that. But I, I do, I, but I do think that there is something powerful that we see in what Joshua shared towards the end of his life that is very applicable to where we find ourselves today. But as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Because what Joshua is doing here, he's, he's, calling, he's calling the Israelites to make a choice. Either get in or get out. And, and, and what he's calling to, this, this challenge here is actually kind of breathtaking, and, and here's why. This is one of the few places in the Old Testament. I, I should have done more research to find it. might be the only place, but I need, I need to go back to this. Where us making a choice is mentioned because the grand majority of the time that we see in the Old Testament, it's God who does the choosing. God chooses his people. God chooses, God chooses, God chooses. And yet what Joshua is saying, there's also a choice for the people who, who have the name of God. There's a choice for for the people to make. And what he's saying is, you need to commit. And, and what he does here, I, I like this, is he doesn't test the, the winds to see which way the wind is blowing before he takes a stand for something. Joshua, before he ever gets any response from the people or asks for a, a vote or takes a poll or anything like that, he just says, I just want you to know where I stand. 
As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And guys, what I, what I wanna throw down is my big point this morning, and again, we're not gonna, like, this is not gonna be one of those, those ser- the messages that just sums the entire series up with a nice bow. I want there to be a little tension. We'll, we'll have some next steps to take, hopefully, after the end of this message. But I want us to understand this. This is the big point if you're taking notes. A godly commitment precedes a godly family. In other words, godly families do not happen by accident. I would even even go so far as to say this. A godly family is not necessarily the default even for a child of God. And I'm going I'm to explain that some more. I, I want us to understand this because I, I think that there are, are, are perhaps some here today and you are grieved because your sons and your daughters, your grandkids, or, or maybe it's your parents and your grandparents or whatever, you're grieved because your family is not following God and, and you've, you, maybe it's my fault, maybe it is, I don't know. But, but by, and, by and large, what we've got to understand is that There's actually some choices that have to be made because a godly family is not necessarily the default. And a godly commitment must precede a godly family. Now, what he's calling them to is is to determine what is going to be significant, what is most important. So maybe a great question for, for husbands and wives to, to think about, or parents and kids, or grandparents, or, or I, maybe it's just you, you have spiritual influence in somebody's life, anything like that, is to wrestle with this, this question. What does my life testify to as being most important? So, I, okay, so let me take another quick poll. How many of you are like those kind of eaters that you don't want your food touching any other part of food on the plate? Any, anybody like that? Okay, yeah. Listen, you don't have to be ashamed. I'm not gonna make fun of you, right? Okay, so. Now, how, how many of you, on the other hand, you're like, man, it's all going the same place anyway. Throw that bad boy on there. I mean, you just, the food just, woo, it's everywhere. They get the juices in. Ah. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm like weird. Like, like I don't know, it's, I like confessing this morning. This is great, man. Uh, like, like, you know, mashed potatoes. I love some mashed potatoes and some green beans and corn. I just mix them all together. It just tastes good, man. It's just like, you know, and like my, my daughter, on the other hand, she's like, dude, that better not touch. I don't even want, like, she's like, you know those cafeteria trays where you have like everything broken out? Like, that's, that's her. Me, I'm like, throw it all on there. You know, it's interesting. I, I think a, a, a lot of times we approach Jesus almost like we, we do a cafeteria tray where he's just one of the things on the tray and it doesn't necessarily touch all of the other things on the tray. He's part, he's part of it. We're gonna have us some Jesus today, but he's, just, he's, not, he's, not, the, he's not at the heart of this. He's not, he's not primary. And what Joshua is saying, I, I, I want you to define What's primary, what is my life testifying as my priority? I can't answer that for you. And I would say this, that probably it's not going to be like, it's like cocaine. Like I, I doubt that that's like going to be number one on most people's list. Like, you know what? We always like default, like that's going to, it's going to be the big sin that, that messes us up. It's not, it's usually the little things. And, and actually I would say this, sometimes 
the biggest enemies of the best are good things. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that things are out of whack. It's become, it's become something that is, that is priority. This is really important. You see, for us, when it comes to this whole idea of choosing, we've got to understand this. And again, I want to come back. It starts with, and, and I'm going to go ahead and just give you my first point, and then I'm going to, then I want to break this, then I want to break this down. You see, choosing requires action. And the, the, the first choice that, that every one of us has to make is, is, uh, is this going to be personal? When Joshua said what he said, he started with this, as for me. As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. And, and see, this, this choice has to start here. And I'm going to say this right now. There's a choice that we have to make, whether God is going to be one of many gods or if he's going to be Lord God. And I'm, going to, I'm just going to give you my first point. If you choose God, live it. If you choose God, live it. This is what Joshua is, is, is calling them to. This is what, it's, that's, 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 that's what he's calling them to. And, and I, I want to be really clear. I want to come back to even the New Testament. We've talked about the Old Testament. God does the choosing. Let's go to the New Testament. When it comes to salvation, again, God does the choosing. Jesus himself said in John 6, no man comes to me unless the Father draws him. So it's not like, like if, if, those, if there are those of us who, who say, yeah, you know, I made a decision for Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I chose him. I'm glad I, that's not totally true. It, it all, God has to initiate this. Our eyes are blind. I, I like it how Ephesians 2 puts it. We're dead in the trespasses, uh, you know, of, of, you know our, our, our sins and our trespasses. Dead people don't see. Dead people don't, don't think. It literally takes the resurrection power of the, the, of the, of the risen Christ that brings us to, to faith. And then I will say this, as, as his grace opens our eyes to our need, there is a choice to be made, however. There is a response. We do have free will, but I always like to put it, our, our free will is not absolute. Our free will always bumps up against God's sovereignty. And people are like, well, man, I don't understand the tension between if, if God's choosing and, and my choosing and all that. And listen, I get there's a tension. Like nobody has resolved that tension across the years other than I know that God's plan is sovereign. But I also know that God calls us to respond as he's called. And I would say this, as we respond, if we choose God, we're called to live it. And there are, there are two ways that I think we've confused with living it that I just want to hit here because it's anathema to a family. And that, first of all, is a legalistic version of following Jesus, where it's rules, 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 don't, 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 do, you know, it's all about do and don't, can and can't, should and shouldn't, would and wouldn't, all that sort of thing. Don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with those who do. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not at all what I'm talking, because a lot of times in legalistic Christianity, we only measure our holiness by the people around us, and we just try to outdo the person around us so we feel good about ourselves. This isn't a performance, this isn't a performance race. I'm not talking about a legalistic, man, I'm, you know, I know I'm saved by grace, but now I gotta make God, man, really proud that, that he's got me on his team. No, no, that's not it. Legalistic Christianity is jacked up, but so is lukewarm Christianity. Mediocrity. In fact, I, I'm going to just tell you right now, I, there, there are probably some places where, you know, legalistic is more and lukewarm. But, but probably here, here in America, 
that, that might be our biggest deal. It's like, we, we think that God's okay with mediocre. That he's okay with us just kind of playing around. That, that he's okay being one option of our lives instead of the center of our lives. And, and so what I'm saying here is, is that's not it. If you're gonna choose God, live it. And, and what I mean by this, what, what, does it, what does it look like to live it? It, it literally means walking with Christ. Like, yeah, but what does that mean? What does it mean to be a disciple? Let's just start with what Jesus said. He said, deny yourself daily, pick up your cross and follow me. Well, I don't know what my cross is. Trust me, he'll help you figure it out. But, but, but when, I, when, I, when, I talk, when I'm, when I'm talking about this, it's, it's actually a, it's, it's, it's humility. It's a walk of humility in which we follow Jesus. And so we're, we're, we're striving. We actually, it, it's more than just lip service to the fact that he's Lord. We're, we're, it's, it's, it's living a surrendered life. Jesus, what does it look like for you to be Lord today? I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I, I wanna grow. It's, it's, a, it's a seeking. It's a, it's a, it's a humble posture not this posture of, man, I've got this thing all figured out. It's, this, it's a posture of, of humility in which we're saying, God, I know I haven't arrived, but God, man, thank you for what you've done. God, I, wanna, I, want, I want my life to be a testimony. I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow you. It's not gonna be about rules. It's gonna be a relationship, but, but at the same time, I thank you for pointing out some things. And as you point out things, man, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna walk this journey. And, 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 you know, a lot of times when we walk this journey, and even as I go through this series, there's going to be some times as, as what I'm sharing, you're like, man, I, gotta, I struggle with this. And there's going to be two voices. There's a voice of condemnation, and there's a voice of conviction. What it looks like to follow Jesus is not the road of condemnation. Condemnation is where Satan reminds you of where you failed. He reminds you of what you didn't do. He, he reminds you of the, of, of the lie, or he throws this lie out that it's too late. That's condemnation, where he says, what you've done is who you are. That's not the Holy Spirit. That is not following Jesus. Jesus' call is always one of conviction. Yeah, pick up your cross, but he says, follow me. It's walking somewhere. It's forward direction. If you choose God, live it. And, and what, what kills our families a, a lot is that we've settled for, and I, I, I want to be careful here, but we, we settle for a watered-down version of following Jesus that involves giving lip service, and yet we do not allow his word or his ways touch any of the other parts of our life. And this is what Joshua's doing when he calls out the people. He's like, hey, I know, I know you struggle with serving other gods. Man, you, you've struggled in the past. In fact, in, in Deuteronomy, even after they've been brought out of Egypt, Man, it says that they're, they're actually serving demon gods. You're like, are you kidding me right now? Dude, you guys should know better. They, they struggle with it. We all struggle with this. And he, that's why he's saying, guys, you got to go all in. <laughs> that reminds me of something. When I, uh, this, uh, this is before I came here to be pastor. Trey, my oldest, we were in, in California and we were out on the lake. And, and Trey at that point was not a, a good swimmer or anything like that. But he's like, hey, dad, I really want to go swimming. Can we go swimming? And he's talking about going swimming. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, we can do it. So they had this really long, where we were at the person's house, they had a really long dock. And so, so you know, he, he goes out on the dock and, and he, he looks, and I'm, I'm just waiting for him to jump in. Instead, he sits down on the edge and all he does is he just puts his toe in the water. He puts his toe in the water and he's like, oh, that's cold, dad. And so I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's water, you know. So he puts his foot in and again, oh. 
and he shakes. I'm like, dude, I said, you just gotta, you just gotta jump in, man. I said, it'll be fine once you get in there. He's like, I don't know, dad. And then he puts both feet in the water and he's literally sitting there with both feet in the water going. <laughs> and so I did what some moms would hate. I picked him up and I chucked him as far as I could chuck him. And he's like, Aah! and guess what? He went swimming. It was great, man. He got to do what he'd been talking about. Now he did have a life jacket on. He survived, we're good. But I knew that the only way for him to go swimming was to go all in. And I use that simple illustration to say this. The only way for you to follow God is to go all in. Having your toe in the water is not following Jesus. And Josh was just, he knows this, and he's saying this. Man, I get telling stories. I, time gets away. Okay, let, let me just, let, let me leave you with this. If, if you choose God, you have to live it. But this is where I want to talk to not just parents, um, though uh, I'm, I'm going to have some straight talk to parents in this series. Um, but, but I want to talk to all of us. All of us that are in a family that have any influence, kids, grandkids, whatever, parents, husbands, wives. If you're gonna choose God, lead it. If you're gonna choose God, live it. But also, if you're gonna choose God, lead it. This is where Joshua, I, you know, I don't know what's, I don't know where his kids, we, we know nothing about Joshua's kids. Like, I, I mean, like, we don't know facts, you know, this guy was, you know, the, this son, he was a great warrior. This daughter right here, she did some amazing things. She was great at math. We don't know anything about Joshua's kids, right? Um, but what I do know, I, I know what Joshua did on their behalf. He stood up and said, as for me, he didn't stop short with me, as for me, and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And I think, I think there's a, there are times when if we'll be bold enough before God and others to say, we're gonna do this together, there's something powerful that God can do. <laughs> now, I've been at times where my, my dad spoke for me. I didn't like what my dad was speaking for me about. Hey, you know what? Yeah, we'll come over and we'll help. We'll get that. We'll get you guys fixed. We'll get you guys taken care of. We're, we're going to be, yeah, we'll paint that house. And I'm like, you got a mouse in your pocket? What are you talking about, man? We, and, and, and there are times my dad committed me to things I didn't want to be committed to. I don't, know the, I don't know the story here. But all I know is that a choice like this literally reverberates through all of eternity. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Guys, in this day and age, not a lot of families are saying that. And that's not a, that's not a dig. I'm not saying like, oh, I've never thought about saying, fine, I, I'm not, this isn't, listen, I, you gotta understand, I'm not standing up here like I've got my act all together. Lori, I ought to interview you sometime and you, we can talk, no. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And I don't know if I wanna do that either. But anyway, uh, it's not like I get, we got it all figured out. Like Lori and I, we, we struggle the same way. Like, like I had kids, I, I knew how to be a great parent until I had kids. And then I'm like, oh man, dude. I still, I still remember, I probably, you probably heard me tell this, like when, when people taking their kids are screaming, I'm like, I'll tell you what, man, when I'm a, when I'm a parent, 
My kids going to obey me. There's no way they're going to be, you know, I'm not going to have to sit on the back row at church because they're, you know, to get out because they're going to. And then we had kids like, yeah, you moron. Yeah, see, I, you just, this, you get that, right? But guys, there is something though to be said. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And here's what I, here's what I want to do as, as we close today. I've got, I've got more here, but I'm not, I'm not even going to worry. I'm not going to worry about that. Um, I want to ask, I want to ask those of you that have influence in your families, whatever, whatever role that may be in to make a commitment with me today. And I I really do think this, this is a big commitment and, and I'm going to be coming back to this throughout the, throughout the rest of the series. The commitment is, is this. I'm gonna make a commitment, we're gonna make a commitment to be more than just a Christian family. We're gonna make a commitment to be a Christ-centered family. Now, the reason why, the reason why I, maybe it's semantics, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm changing that a little bit is, is because I, th- I think we've watered down the word Christian today, right? It's, it's just this... It, it, it's almost like I'm a part of a, a club. I'm, I identify, uh, you know, as, as part of this team. Like, like they did a, re, uh, a survey last year, and uh, it was a Pew Research study, and, and 65% of, Christ, of, of Americans said uh, they're Christian. Okay? I'm not here. I don't know anybody's, I'm not here to judge that. All, all I know is that, man, when it comes to, to the body coming together, that's like dropping big time. When you look at overall, when, when you see the, those things are happening, let's just, let's just say that it's easy to claim something. Um, it's, it's different to, to possess what we profess, okay? So the, the re, that's, that's why I'm, I'm using this, a Christ-centered family. It's, this is, okay, so Joshua's making this commitment in the Old Testament. We're on the other side of the cross. We're on the other side of the resurrection. And so we can, we can make this statement, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But here's, here's the beauty, beauty of this. God, and, man, God sent his son here. He's given us an example. We now have, an, we have someone to imitate, someone to follow. This is why, instead of just saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as for me and my house, we're not going to merely be a Christian family. We're going to be a Christ-centered family. Now, I want to challenge you just to some simple little application steps as, 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 as we close. Um, what, what, is this, what does this look like? I think it, it's almost your version of Joshua's statement. Okay, so like I'm not going to, like I'm saying you got to have this big dramatic ceremony, but I, I do think moms and dads, grandparents, or where, wherever you happen to be, drive a stake. Drive a steak. And you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Okay, so I'll, like th- there's a campground that sometimes we've done events at uh, up in Cascade, Trinity Pines Campground. Some of you have been there. And one of my favorite parts of Trinity Pines Camp, what they've done across the years, they have a little hill. And on the hill, uh, like the different youth camps that have met there, if a kid um, responds to the gospel and, and man, they're, they're changed, they go out and they have these little white stakes in which they write their name and the date and they drive the stake into the hill. And it is the coolest thing, man. You go up there, there's a 
visual, you actually see all of these stakes and they represent real people who, whose lives have been changed. I love that. And man, I, th- there, was a, there was a guy that just took his grandkid there, uh, uh, grandkid, he took his son there with him. And I think they have to swap up the stakes every once in a while because they have so many. But he said, he said, I want you to know, man, this is where I drove the stake. It was a really cool moment. When I talk about driving a stake, man, you always think like in the moment, like, man, I should have done this. I should have brought some steaks here. Like, hey, take this steak. But it's, it's, whether it's uh, figuratively or not, drive a steak. As for me and my family, we're not gonna settle for being normal. We're, we're going to embrace being weird, a family that is touched by the supernatural. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. We're not gonna just settle for, for a popular definition of, of a Christian family. We are going to be a Christ-centered family. Drive a stake. Now, what does that look like? I'm gonna be talking about that in the next few weeks. Two things I just wanna challenge us to this week as we leave. Two things I, I would say. Number one, find ways this week to bring up God in conversation. Because you know, if, if he's not part of who we are, we talk about what we care about. And, and now we talk about who we're committed to or what we're committed to. Like I've already brought up Boise State. You know, my, you know I've, I, I, I care. I, I care, I care, I care. I wish I didn't care. Anyway, uh, but no, we, we, you know, we, we, talk about, we talk about what we care about. And, 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 and I'm not talking about like, hey, let's go from zero to a thousand miles per hour. Like, okay, kids, tomorrow morning, 430 downstairs, get some coffee. We're going three hours in Ezekiel. I'm not talking about that, right? I'm talking about maybe just start here. What is your origin story with God? Have have your kids ever heard that? Have your parents ever heard that? Have your siblings ever heard that? Tell your story. We talked about last week, man, one of the most powerful things God's given us is our story, our testimony. And I would say this, this week, begin to pray with your family. And you're like, man, that's just, uh, I, I, I can't pray. Well, I guess maybe if like prayer's performance, I get that, but it's not performance, it's just like talking. Like me talking, like, like seriously, if you have to go into a different voice and like get a quavery, oh, you know, like when you pray, I'm just telling you right now, you're doing it wrong, okay? That is not, it's literally, it's literally talking to God. It's that, talk to God with your family, pray, thank him, acknowledge what he's done, acknowledge where he's brought you from. And you're like, well, my family's not with me. I'm, my, my grandkids live miles away. Man, call them, check in on them, love them. Before you go phone, say, hey, can, man, you mind if I just pray with you before you go phone? Pray with your family. I, I know those are very simple things, but, but listen to me. If we're gonna choose God, we have to live it. And if we choose God, we have to lead it. We're gonna lead by imitation at times, but then we're gonna lead by intentionality. And so over the next several weeks, we're gonna be breaking down what this looks like within the home. And I'm gonna tell you right now, don't, don't get stressed if stuff gets stirred up. Every time I preach a series, like people get mad, okay? So just chill. Like nobody is doggy. Like somebody told me uh, last service, like, man, you were looking right at me. I was not, I, like I am not, <laughs> nobody's sending me mail saying, hey, fit this into your message. I am not, like, I, well, actually some people have done that, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, right? No, I, man, just, just know, God, God's gonna fight. I, I'm rambling a little bit, but let me just say this. 
You're going to be tempted by everything else. When you try to pray with your family this week, there's going to be a million things to try to get in the way. You and your wife will fight. Because right? you know why? I don't want to pray with my wife after we've had a fight because I feel like a moron. I, seriously. You're, you're going to fight. The kids are going to do some stupid. You're going to have to yell at the kids and all that sort of thing. And the kids, listen, no, like my dad used to try to pray with me after he disciplined me. I did not want to pray with my dad. Like, seriously, this is not the time or the place. I'm not happy with God or you right now, to be honest with you. And so, so listen, I'm just going to tell you, those things are going to happen. Guys, do not allow circumstances to drive your devotion. Make, let your commitment drive your devotion. You've been chosen. In turn, make your choice. A godly commitment always precedes a godly family. Father, thank you so much for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do in our families. God, we don't have our act, we don't have our act together. That's why we need you. But God, I think a weird family is not only a family that's been marked by the supernatural, but it's a humble family that's, that's not trying to be like this perfect example for everybody, but just a family that is okay being a testimony to the gospel in action. And so God, I just pray through your transforming power that you would first of all change us individually. Dear God, we are all part of a family. If we, if we don't have any relatives still living, we're part of the family here. We're part of God's family. Dear God, it has to start with us, but God, we have to be intentional to lead this. And so Lord, may we do so. And God, I know that, that what you've called us to you're, going to, you're going to walk us through. And so Father, for what you have in store for your people, as we intentionally serve you and we make this commitment for our families, we'll thank you for this. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Hey, great to have you guys here today. Don't forget, 4.30. Everybody say 4.30. 4.30. West Park. See you there. Have a great day.